The Lord has equipped every Christian to last, to outlast the storms of life. Do y'all believe that? He's, he's, uh, and that's the thesis of built to last. The thesis of this, of this sermon series. It's not that Christians don't go throughout, through trials and tribulations. You know, that's a misconception if you think you become a Christian and life is going to be perfect. No, Jesus said in the world, you're going to have tribulation, right? So it's not that you don't have tribulation, but God has designed us to make it through tribulation. He's given us, you know, the, the, the equipment that we need to make it through the trials and the tribulations of life. And, uh, and that's what Jesus emphasized in this short parable when he said in Matthew 7, 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is, a, is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, they won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, I haven't said this, but let me just mention, this is the conclusion of his sermon, these words right here. He preached a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's actually Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this is the conclusion. This is his conclusion in his sermon right here, these words. And so he's saying, he's saying, if you will listen to these words that I just told you, the words that I just told you, if you listen to them. And by the way, I would encourage you, if you've never read the Sermon on the Mount, to read the Sermon on the Mount and read it like consecutively for a week or a month and just let the whole sermon get in you because it's like, a, a, it's like an encapsulated gospel in itself. So I encourage you to just read it. But he also designed the family to last as well. And, and uh, he, he wants us to survive. And in a world where families are deteriorating and, and, and falling apart every day, we need to know how to keep our families together. We need all the help we can get. Can I get a better witness today? It's all right to say amen in church, right? It's all right. But in Matthew 9, 6, he says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So God has designed not only believers to last, our outlast the storms, but he's built the family to outlast the storms. And so last week, uh, Dudley B. Avenue spoke about on marriage and then again on Wednesday. And by the way, we have several life groups uh, that we're offering there in the foyer uh, that deal with marriage. And, and the purpose is, it's like, man, it's not easy to make a marriage work today. And we need all the help we can get. And so if we learn what the Bible has to say about marriage, we have a better chance of surviving than if we don't know what the Bible says. Y'all need to help me preach this morning. Say amen. Isn't that true? And so, listen, how do you position your life to outlast the storms? How do you position your family to outlast the storms? I believe that it's the foundation that really matters. It's your foundation that matters. It's Listen, we have families here that flooded. I believe they're going to make it. Why? Because they're believers. 
And I believe they're going to make it. It's not that they won't suffer. They won't be without. I believe y'all going to make it because Jesus is on your side. Amen. It's the foundation that really matters. Now, listen, if you build your life or your family on the right foundation, then you will survive the storms of life. But if you build your life or your family on the wrong foundation, then you won't survive. You know, we have a, a, an apostolic friend, and for years we've been partnering with, with uh, Pastor Rick Zachary, who goes to the Middle East, and uh, he, he plants churches. He's, he's planted churches in one of the darkest uh, places on the globe. And, and as he plants churches, uh, he, he builds buildings. And, and so Pastor Rick found out something that, you know, you, you got to pay attention to the foundation of the buildings you build in the Middle East. Because unlike Lafayette, they have something over there called earthquakes. And if you don't pay attention to the foundation, when the earthquake hits, the church won't last. It's going to fall apart. And so when they build a church building, they focus on the foundation because they know that it, the foundation will determine whether the church will last or not. And so they learn that it's important that you pay attention to the foundation. And I believe that principle applies to our spiritual life. You know, sometimes we want to pay attention to the how the exterior looks, how the, how the, put siding on it, put stucco, and we want, you know, uh, you know, landscape lighting, and we put all the attention on the exterior, and we don't put enough attention on the foundation. But we need to remember God is designing, equipped us to last, but we have to take time and spend the energy on building our foundation if we're going to last in the storms of life. Amen? So then the question is, how do you build the right foundation for your life? Well, let me just give you some, some essentials that I think is important. Number one, establish your life on the deep footings of the Word of God. you got to establish your life on the deep footings of the Word of God. And just, just a little side note, going to church doesn't mean that you're building your life on the footings of the Word of God. You know, listen, Matthew 7, 24, listen to what Jesus said. Anyone who listens... To my teaching and follows it, it is wise, like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. He who listens, the word of God is like the footings of the foundation. You know, whenever they built this building right here, the the uh, the education. Some of you might have noticed, but some of you might have not never even really noticed. But you know, whenever it's a two story building, so it has to carry the weight not only of one story but two stories. So to build the foundation where it would last. What they did was they, they dug shafts in the ground. They dug shafts in the ground with, a, with a, a, a drill and they drilled these holes. And once they drilled those holes, they came back and they poured concrete in those holes. Because just putting a little four inch slab was not good enough. And I got, and, and so, you know, the picture here is that we gotta, we gotta put footings in our life. You know, if we wanted to last the storms, if we wanted to last the trials and tribulations, we can't just put a little four, four inch slab in our life. And, you know, a four inch slab to me represents, you know, coming to church every once in a while and hearing a sermon and get, you know, goosebumps. Come on. How many of you know that's not footings? No, that's, that's not footings. That, that's a little thin piece of concrete right there. Amen. And so I think I have a picture. Were we able to get that picture up there, guys? You see this picture right here, the gray, that's the footings. 
And so they dig down deep in the ground. And what you can't see right now is there's some shafts under this building, and including this building that we're in, and it goes deep in the ground right there. And so those footings determine what kind of weight that building can hold. And for you and I, the depth of the footings of our life determines what kind of storms we can survive. We want to survive the earthquakes of life. Come on, not just the tremors, the earthquakes of life. Am I right, gang? Yes, amen. Amen. So listen, the deeper the footings of the foundation, the more weight and pressure our life can take. In Matthew 24, 35. Jesus said, the whole world and the earth and the sky will be destroyed, but my words will last forever. How many of you know you got good material when you build your life on the word of God? It's going to outlast this globe, the creation of the world. He says this world, the earth and the sky will be destroyed, but my words, how many many of you know that's outlast? My words will last forever. Amen. And so think of it. God's word will outlast the existence of creation of the entire universe. And so I think it's good material to work with, don't you? So how do you establish your life on the word of God? Well, Matthew 7, 24 says, anyone who listens to my teaching. Now, listen doesn't mean like, you know, like, you know, kind of like some of our um, some of us husbands get accused of. You ain't listening to me. I just answered that question. Come on, how many of you men been there a time or two? Amen. Listen means to hear, to pay attention, give mental attention to, to come to an understanding of. And so when it says, he who listens to my teachings, he's talking about you got to pay mental attention to. You, you got you to get to the point where you understand what he's saying. Now, there's a couple of ways to establish your life on the Word of God. The first one is you got to learn the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. There are thousands of professing Christians that are biblically illiterate. They they believe in Jesus. They, They love Jesus. They just don't have a clue what He said. And so, you know, if you're illiterate, you don't have footings. You can't last. You got to have footings. They have no very, they have or very little knowledge of what Jesus had to say. But listen, you can't build a strong foundation in your life if you don't know what the Bible says. Hello? Is there anybody in here? Is this microphone on? Are y'all, are y'all tracking with me? And so, you know, listen, you know, Our society is gone where we don't read anymore. We Facebook more than we read. We Instagram more than we read. Right? And so the deeper footings of the foundation of our life have to be dug with the Word of God. So we got to learn how, we got to learn the Word of God. Listen, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They're destroyed. You know, in third world countries, you know, people die by the thousands from dysentery. And, and you know, um, it's a very preventable thing. But because they have no knowledge of viruses and bacteria, they do things that just make them sick and they die. Because they're not knowledgeable, 
They don't last a storm that they could easily last if they just had the knowledge. And I think, you know, you can carry that over spiritually. And I think sometimes because we have no knowledge of the Word of God, there are things that easily are preventable. But because we don't know what the Bible says, we can't outlast that storm. Does that make sense? And so we got to learn the Word of God so that we can outlast some things that are easily preventable. Listen, more knowledge and understanding could help those people in third world countries to live longer and to survive and overcome that adversity. And I think if we learn the word of God, we can survive and overcome more adversity. A recent born survey said that only 10% of evangelical Protestants read their Bible on a daily basis. Only 10%. 10%. 1 in 10. 35% of professing born-again Christians said they never read their Bible. Well, how can you build a strong foundation in your life if you don't read the Bible? Now, listen, my point here today is not try to make you feel bad. I want to encourage you. Dig some footings in your life. Amen. Are y'all with me? Dig some footings in your life. Amen. Dig some footings in your life. The truth is building a strong foundation starts with learning the word of God. And learning the Word of God starts by reading the Word of God. It doesn't happen through osmosis. You know, you can't just, you know, stand up in church and it, you know, get into your spirit, you know. A second way to establish your life on the Word of God, it's not just reading the Word of God, or, but it's studying the Word of God. And, and so it's not good enough to just read. You got you to gotta know what it says, right? And so listen, that's why we do, one of the reasons why we do life groups. It's because we want people to get in an atmosphere where they can learn specifically about whatever it is. Like, that's why we have marriage life groups. It's going to be biblically sound on the Word of God. And you'll learn the Word of God and how to apply the Word of God into that setting, right? And so that's why, listen, we do life groups. We constantly do life groups. You know, one reason is so that you can make friends and you can partner with other people because we're better together. Amen. You can, you can gut a house if you got friends. If you don't have friends, it's a tough, it's a tough task. Amen. And so, but the other is so we can learn the Bible. We can study the Bible. Get beyond the surface. Howard Hendricks says, the great tragedy among Christians today is that too many of us are under the Word of God, but not in it for ourselves. And so 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. The purpose of studying the Word of God is so we can correctly and accurately divide the Word of truth and apply it to our everyday life. Amen? And so, you know, I believe this. I believe we got to study the Bible enough where we can start saying, doesn't you get irritated sometimes when people give you the name of the book, the chapter, and the verse? 
But how many of you know we all should know at least a few scriptures where we know where it is in the Bible, what chapter it's in, and what verse it is. Amen? So that whenever the enemy tries to beat us over the head, we pull out our Bible or we recite it from memory like Jesus did and say, it is written, you are not going to defeat me. I'm victorious because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? Come on, we got to study the word. We got to let the word get on the inside of us. Amen? And so... You know, to study means to eagerly invest time and energy into dividing uh, or diving into and learning the Bible. Why do we need to become students of the Bible? Because really, Bible study is essential to growth. And in 2 Peter, or 1 Peter 2 says it like this. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. This has to do with appetite. Desire the pure milk of the word so that you can know what the Bible says. You know, my, my, my uh, brother-in-law works for the Secret Service, and one of the things he deals with is counterfeit. And you know, they, when they trained him to be able to detect counterfeit, you know how they trained him? They trained him to get very familiar with real money. And when you put a fake dollar in his hand, he knows it. It don't feel right. See, and sometimes we're trying to build our life on the rock. And somebody comes put a paper mache rock on the side. And we kind of step over there and say, look, there's a rock right here too. How many of you know, saints, there's only one rock. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one rock. His name is Jesus. There's only one rock that's going to last. A paper mache rock ain't going to last forever. Amen. A star foam rock, although it might look like a rock, is not going to live and last forever. Only Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, how are you going to know the difference in the rocks? You got to know the real thing. And if you know the real thing, you're not going to fall for the counterfeit thing. Come on, that's good preaching right there, even though it's coming from my mouth. Amen. Would you all agree with that? Come on. So this has to do with after. You can't grow spiritual without desire and learning the Bible. Amen. Okay. Bible study also prepares us for spiritual service. How many of you want to be used of God? More used of God. Used of God in a greater way. Amen. I don't know too many Christians that love Jesus that don't want to be used by him. Well, listen. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, if you, want to get, if you want to be used of God in a greater way, listen, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true what is, and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So the Bible, in essence, coaches and mentors us and spiritually prepares us for life's challenges. Amen. But it also helps us and prepares us to be able to do something for God. Amen. Because listen, Jesus couldn't have did what he did had he not known the word of God because the enemy would have defeated him in the wilderness. Amen. But because he had the word of God, he was able to overcome. He was able to come out of the wilderness full of the power of God, preach the gospel, and he was able to make a world change. Amen. And so the bottom line is the more you establish your life on the deep footings of the word of God, the better off your life will be. So let me ask you a question. If you had to, now that I've said everything I said, if you were to describe the foundation of your life, do you have some deep footings or do you have a little thin piece of concrete 
And the first little storm is going to crack it. How many of you would agree with me? It's better to dig some footings. Amen. Amen? That's why you should, not because it's, you know, Jesus is going to be happier with you. It's not works like, you know, okay, if I read my Bible, Jesus is going to smile. And if I don't read my Bible, Jesus is going to frown. No, Jesus loves us no matter what. The reason why we read our Bible is so we can get to know him. We can get to know the rock. We can get on the center of the rock. Amen. And when the winds and the waves start blowing, man, we feel it. We feel it, man. It looks like we're about to go down. But Jesus said, oh, no, you're not going down. You're going to walk on water. Come on, you're going to get through that fire. Amen. Come on, you're going to get over to the other side. You ain't drowning. I must see that you're going to make it. Come on, somebody in here needs to hear that today. You're going to make it. Amen. You're going to make it. Number two, the second uh, way to essential to building a solid foundation is that you got to reinforce your foundation with the building blocks of obedience and application. Now let me let me talk just a minute for that about that. Matthew 7:24. Look at this verse again. Anyone who hears look at this. I'm waiting. Anyone who hears and what? Anyone who hears and obeys these teachings of mine is like a wise person who built a house on solid rock. You notice that little word obey there? He who hears and obeys. It's never good enough to just learn the scripture. We got to learn how and get skilled at applying the scripture in our lives through obedience. See, just knowing it is not good enough. You got to obey it for it to change your life. You know, that's why you have people. Have you ever heard somebody? They could quote you chapter and verse like they know the Bible better than you. But man, they're so messed up. You're just like, oh, my Lord. It's like they know the word, but the word never got to know them. The word never got inside of them. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And you can get around religious peoples like the scribes and the Pharisees, and they can cut you up with the word of God, but they're so ungodly, they're more critical and judgmental and so harsh and hard, you say, where's Jesus in all of that? Amen? But do you know you can get prideful by just learning the word and not applying the word? The word can actually harden your heart unless you learn how to obey the word. That's why James says it's never good enough to just learn the scripture. You got to learn how to do it. In James 1.22, he says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Amen. You got to do what it says. And so I think that every scripture we obey, and somebody said, we only believe the part of the Bible that we do. Think about that for a moment. But, you know, I think whenever we obey the word of God, it's like putting rebar in the in the footings of the concrete. It's like putting rebar in there. It strengthens what you got. So, again, the purpose is not to condemn people. I hope to provoke you to love in the word of God. Amen. And so, listen, I can know the truth of the Bible that says, forgive those that offend me. But if I don't apply that truth by forgiving those that offend me, the truth of the Bible won't change my life. See, it's not just good, to, good enough to know that I must forgive. 
I can know that the Bible says that it's good for me to fast and pray, but if I don't apply that or incorporate those principles, then the principle of fasting and prayer will do me no, no good at all, right? And so somebody once said, we really, we really only truly believe that which we're willing to obey. And so I think we got to get better at applying the Word of God and obeying the Word of God. So according to Jesus, the only difference between the man who built his house on sand and the man who built his house on the rock, they were both there at church that day when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. They were both there. But according to Jesus, the only difference was the man that obeyed and applied what he heard. And he says, so both men listened to his teachings, but only one did what it said. So listen, how many of you know, you can transform your life if you find out what the Bible says and just do it. Do you all believe this this morning? How much, how much, how much credibility, how much, how much do you believe the word of God? You know, I think, you know, for those of you, the 20 somethings and, you know, if you go to, if you go to, uh, to college, you know, professors will work hard at trying to make you believe that this is fairy tales. Well, well, you'd be hard pressed to make me believe that. You know why? Because I've applied some of the principles and it's changed my life. What about, is there anybody else in here that has experienced that? Can I get a witness here today? Amen. And so, you know, listen, if you, if you want to transform your family, learn what the Bible says about, if you want to transform your marriage, learn what the Bible says about marriage and apply it. If you want to transform your finances, learn what the Bible says about finances and apply it. If you want to transform your relationships, learn what the Bible says about relationships and apply it. Amen? And it'll transform your life. And so let me just conclude this point by saying this. If you want to get better at applying the scripture to your life, whenever you're reading the Bible or just memorizing or meditating on a verse, ask this question, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to do about this? How many of you know some of the stories in the Bible are meant to show us what not to do? Right? And some of the stories in the Bible are meant to tell us what to do. And some of the stories in the Bible, some of the phrases in the Bible, the scripture is to correct us, to rebuke us, to instruct us. It's like the word of God's purpose is to get us on the rock, keep us on the rock and make sure we stay on the rock till the, till the life is over. Amen. Jesus emphasized the importance, how important it is to apply the word Whenever in Luke 11, whenever he said Jesus was saying these things and a woman in the crowd called out, like she called out, she like real loud, I think. Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And Jesus said, he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. See how he emphasized both hear the word of God and obey it. How many of you got that? You got to apply the word. If you got it, say, I got it. Number three, the third essential to building the right foundation is you got to give more attention to what's below the surface internally instead of what's above the surface externally. And let me unpack that for just a moment. 
going back to the two men that Jesus said, one man built his house on sand and one house, one man built his house on the rock. Two different builders, two different foundations, right? You probably couldn't tell much difference between the two houses. If you just looked at the external, you probably couldn't tell. I'm sure they both had nice colors on them, nice siding, brick mortar, whatever it was. They probably looked very much alike. And so I'm sure externally above the surface, you couldn't, you wouldn't have known that there was any different. But the difference was internally. It was below the surface, meaning the foundation, right? So to build a great foundation, you have to focus on what's below the surface. Let me go a little bit further. Jesus always encouraged internal focus over external focus. He always did. And this is how he said it. To some religious leaders, he said in Matthew 23, 27, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. (laughs) Come on, how many of you know, I think he made his point right there. It's like, oh my goodness, oh, that's not a good, that's not a pleasant thought, Lord. They're all them bones in a grave. But how many of you know, he got his point across. He says, verse 28, outwardly, you look like righteous people. Outwardly, you look like a house that's set. But inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What was Jesus trying to tell these religious leaders? I think he was trying to tell them to focus on more on what's below the surface. The internal condition of their heart rather than what's above the surface, their external righteousness and religious performance. Wouldn't you agree with that? I think that's what he was saying. Listen, now, I was thinking about this, and I didn't know this for a long time, but, you know, not all concrete is equal. You know, concrete that you pour in a slab, not all concrete is equal. Some of it is strong, and some of it is weaker. And so what they do when they pour a slab, like in a commercial building, and for houses too, depending on how studious or how uh, how knowledgeable people are that are pouring the slab, what they'll do is they'll make the people that are pouring the concrete do, I forgot what you call them, but basically some samples. Pour a little bit of that concrete in here. And they set it aside. And then they pour the slab. And then they come back and they take these samples and then they do some tests on them. Because you know what they found out was some people to try to make more money, they put more water in their concrete and they put less cement in their concrete. And so it looks just like concrete, but it's not all the same ingredients. On the surface, it looks the same, but underneath the surface, it ain't the same. Are y'all tracking with me? So sometimes people in church, we all look the same, but if you took a sample of us on the inside, we're not all the same. And so what Jesus is saying is that, bottom line, it's what's on the inside that makes the difference. It's not how pretty we dress this morning. 
Come on, it's not how, how nice shoes we wore this morning. Yeah, but they ain't shouting like I am. He said, I'm preaching now. I said, y'all ain't shouting like I'm preaching now. Come on, are y'all with me? But isn't it natural just to worry about what my hair looks like and not what my heart looks like? Man, we can have a lot of religious platitudes. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Man, it sounds so great. Come on. That's a bunch of religious platitudes. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness in the church of the, of the Lord today? Amen. Well, come on. That's all a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's all what's going on right, right up in here. Amen. The materials of genuine honesty and transparency are necessary to build a solid foundation. The Lord is concerned more about what's on the inside of our hearts than on the outside of our religiosity. Remember when Saul blew it and he disobeyed God, it was time to appoint a new king. And even the prophet got misled. And he was about to pick somebody charismatic, somebody that looked the part. He, these guys looked like they could be a, a, a traveling minister. And he was about to make a mistake, and the Lord came on the scene and said, Hold up. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or his height. For I've rejected him. Oh my goodness, that convicts me. I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the what saints? The heart. Let's remind ourselves. The Lord doesn't care so much as what we look like on the outside spiritually as much as he cares about what we look like on the inside spiritually. The people he was hardest on are church-going people that knew the scripture inside and out and could recite it and tell you exactly what the law said. And he said, you like some tombs. Oh, God, help me not to be a tomb. Now, you put that on Instagram and see how far that goes. People are going to say, what is that? Amen. But y'all get what I'm saying, right? The condition of our heart is what really matters. Is our heart reflecting genuine honesty and transparency before the Lord? Is our heart truly right with God? What's going on in the secrecy of our life? What's going on? Really, with what's inside of here. You know, listen, the Lord really wants us to build a foundation that will weather really the greatest storm of all. And let me unpack that point and we're going to go. In 2 Corinthians 5.10 it says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. And we will each receive whatever we deserve. For the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body. Oh, my Lord. 
judgment day, the day of reckoning, when we give an account for the way we lived our lives here on earth, I think will be the, could be the greatest storm of life. Because everything about me will be exposed. There won't be anything hidden. I won't be able to put it under the rug and Jesus not see it. He can see right through the fibers of my rugs. Amen. And he could see whatever I swept under there. He knows what I'm doing when nobody else is around. He knows. He is totally aware of every action and attitude and motivation of my life. And that's what I'm going to have to give an account for. Oh, could, would y'all pray for me right now? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Do y'all believe this or not? Do y'all believe? And so listen, that day could be the greatest storm we'll ever face. Or it could be the best day that we ever have. Amen? Because it's got eternal consequences. But Jesus wants us to be ready. He wants us to be ready for that day. You know, one of the burdens for me as a pastor is I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. Because I know just like I'm going to have to give a double account. Because I, I have to give an account for the way I live my life. And I got to give an account for how I treated his people, how I led his people. It, it's sobering. It's like, oh, Lord, can I just have one? Can I just have one judgment? You know, one accounting? Well, you know, he says, I'm going to hold you accountable for how you led my people. Now, listen. The reason why we're doing growth track today is we want people to know about not just how to be a Christian, but how to live their life as a Christian and do something with their lives. So when they get to the end and they got to face the, the judge and the maker, their maker, and they got to look at him in their eyes, in his eyes, they will be able to say, Lord, I served you. I did my best. Amen. So if you haven't been, I encourage you to join today. Amen. It's this afternoon. Come on out. Amen. But listen, the most important thing is, are you on the rock? Or on your paper mache? Are you on the rock? Or on you a styrofoam looking rock? You see, we're going to make the storm, the final storm. And, and everything you read in the Bible that this is all going to come to an end one day. And when it comes to an end, we're going to have to all go before the Lord and just give an account for our life. And he wants to make sure when we get there that we pass the test. Amen. And while some people are going to a different place, we'll be escorted into glory. Amen. Come on. How many of you want to be escorted into glory? How many of you want to be in heaven all the days of your life for all eternity? Come on. Why don't you just stand with me and let's just thank God for his preparation. Amen. Let's thank God for his preparation this morning. Let's pray together. Just bow your head with me for just a moment. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, these are the verses just before the parable we've been looking at, by the way. Jesus said, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. 
but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. I can't believe Jesus would say that. But if you understand his motivation, he's just saying, listen, don't focus on the outward. Focus on the inward. Get the inward right and everything's going to be okay. How many of you know the Lord don't want us to have religion? He wants us to have a relationship. Amen. Now listen, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask you today, have you ever, ever made a decision to give your life to Christ and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me? I want to live my life for you. If you've never done that, or maybe you did that maybe way back, but somehow you got off, you got on that paper rock, you got off track and it's time to get back on track. If that's you today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to get back on the rock today. Would you just indicate that by raising your hand so I can see it? And I want to pray for you. There you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anywhere else, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Thank you, sir. Anywhere else, just raise your hand. Right here, ma'am. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Don't let the enemy rob. This is the best decision and the greatest greatest step you could take today. Now, listen, those of you that raised your hand, do me a favor and raise both hands to the Lord and just say, Lord, I need need salvation. Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want to know you. And just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Come on, let's all pray together, saints. Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Lord, I want to be a Christian. I don't want religion. I want relationship. I want to know you. Would you forgive me for all my sins? I'm sorry. I repent. I want to live my life for you. Would you help me? I need your help to do that. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Now listen. Amen. Yes. Let's give God thanks for those that have made. It's the best decision you could ever make. Pastor Pastor Brandon, would you step up? Pastor Brady, uh, Ms. Dixon, you guys... Those of you that raised your hand, the Bible says, Jesus said, if you are willing to acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. And I think it's just important to tell somebody, I pray that prayer. Amen? We're not going to embarrass you or anything. But when we dismiss, come to one of these, these guys or, or ladies and just tell them. And there'll be some other work, altar workers up here. Just tell them, I pray that prayer. First of all, we want to give you a Bible so you can get that started in your life. But we want to give you some instructions on how to get started. Amen? And that's the way you get on the rock. Amen? How many of you glad you're a Christian this morning? Amen? You're built to last. Amen. Father, I pray the favor, the blessing, and the grace of God over the people of God today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.